0: as Yucca Mountain is out there on the table, there are going to be people who don't want to think about anything else. In fact, what we need to do is
1: essentially start over.
2: Did you know that there are half a million metric tons of nuclear waste temporarily stored at hundreds of sites worldwide? In the U.S. alone, one in three people live within 50 miles of a storage site. No country has yet successfully disposed of commercial-spent nuclear fuel but it's not for lack of a solution. So what's the delay? The answers are complex and controversial. In this series, we explore the nuclear waste issue with people representing various pieces of this complicated puzzle. We hope this podcast will give you a clearer picture of nuclear waste, the whole story, We believe that listening is an important element of a successful nuclear waste disposal program. A core company value is to seek and listen to different perspectives. Opinions expressed by the interviewers and their subjects are not necessarily representative of the company. If there's a topic discussed in the podcast that is unfamiliar to you, or you'd like to more closely review what was said, Please see the show notes at deepisolation.com/slash podcasts.
3: Hello, I'm Carrie Hulak, Deep Isolation's Communication Manager. Today I'm talking to Judy Trikel, Executive Director of the Nonprofit Nevada Nuclear Waste Task Force, a Citizens Advocacy Group, and Steve Frischman, a geologist and nuclear technical and policy consultant to the state of Nevada. The task force was founded to represent citizens concerned about the U.S. government's plans to build a mine repository at Yucca Mountain for the disposal of high-level radioactive waste. Judy and Steve have worked for decades with the state of Nevada and with citizen groups nationwide to get the message across that they do not believe the site is suitable for permanent nuclear waste disposal. Welcome, Judy and Steve. Thank you so much for joining us today on our podcast. Thank you.
1: Thank
3: you we're, we're nice happy to, to be here. Awesome, awesome, great. Well, hope you're doing well today. So first off, you've been working on the issue of what to do with nuclear waste longer than most people, 30 years. What sparked your initial interest, and was there a point when you decided this would be your life's work?
1: Well, before I ever got into nuclear waste in any kind of an official way, I worked for years to try and end nuclear weapons testing at the Nevada test site. And while I was still doing that, I went to a meeting and it was about testing at the at the test site. And one of the speakers there was a man named Luther Carter, who's gone now, but at that time he was billed as an environmentalist and I wasn't very pleased about his environmental reactions to testing. And during that meeting, he came over where I was and started a conversation and he knew that I was opposed to testing completely and he said what would you think about the idea of having us end testing at the Nevada nuclear testing site and instead have the state be willing to accept the nation's nuclear waste and I thought wow this is crazy and it immediately sounded to me like a game of nuclear poker where you were very likely to wind up with both and at that point i realized that we were in for a real battle if they were willing to even suggest things like that and as a matter of fact we did wind up with both testing going on and being targeted for nuclear waste because testing didn't stop until in the 90s, and we were off to the races on Yucca Mountain before that time. So I think that's when I realized it was gonna start.
3: And Steve, did you have a similar experience or anything you'd like to add there?
1: Mine was quite different. uh,
0: In the late 70s, I was research director and vice president of the Texas Environmental Coalition. And I knew that the government was looking at buried salt deposits in Texas as possible repository sites. And there was an environmental impact statement that ended up being the 1980 environmental impact statement for management of commercial high level nuclear waste. So I did the environmental coalition's comments on that EIS. And from that, I ended up being on a a state agency advisory board, advising the Texas delegation on the writing of the Nuclear Waste Policy Act, because that environmental impact statement became the basis for the Nuclear Waste Policy Act, which established deep geologic disposal as the policy for this country. So from there, I ended up being director of the Texas Oversight Program for the Department of Energy's work in Texas for repository siting and I guess I just got stuck. <laughs> I, I, learned so much that uh, I was involved in some other things at the same time, but I figured that I, I know so much about this now, I can't let it go. So when the Nevada site became the only site for consideration in 1987, I was invited to come to Nevada as a consultant and here I am 30 years later.
3: So, over that time, I know it's a long time, so it might be hard to to pick a few highlights, but if you can, which accomplishments around nuclear waste disposal are you most proud of and why?
1: Well, very little is going on right now, but at the very beginning, when Nevada was first singled out, there was a flurry of activity and the the task force was formed by two other people and myself and We jumped in with both feet and started working really hard um, at the beginning of 1988. And we went all over the state of Nevada into little rural towns. We did first-of-a-kind meetings in the big cities. And we just worked like crazy. And we weren't trying to build opposition to Yucca Mountain. What we were trying to do was just inform people so that they had a basis for being able to participate in public meetings and being able to make formal comments when they were allowed to do so. And so after 1988, Nevada's legislature only uh, comes into session in every odd year. So in 1989, we had built up so much um, recognition of the whole project and people were so into it that the legislature had all the cover they needed to pass uh, legislation against it
0: and the thing that uh, is settled which was uh, we thought a good thing is that we established in 1989 a state policy that says that nuclear waste will not be stored or disposed in the state of Nevada and we had good reason based on what we knew about Yucca Mountain at the time but what it really helped to settle was that in, all over the world wherever you have controversies over nuclear waste you end up with real social problems where people in families and even communities turn against each other for all the different possible reasons. And what we did by having legislation that settled the state policy, that allowed the state agency, the Agency for Nuclear Projects, to have policy guidance for the type of scientific and socioeconomic work that was being done on behalf of the state. And occasionally, uh, through the years, we've had people try to force the state to say, but this, but that. And in each case, the policy has stood. And in fact, twice our legislature has essentially reinforced that policy by passing resolutions supporting that policy. So uh, other places have had major divisive issues and real problems. And in the state here, we very we have a very large majority of people who support the state policy, which is that Yucca Mountain is not only unsafe, but it would be very bad for our economy as a state. Mm-hmm. So we that, that legislation was probably the most important thing that has happened within the state regarding this issue, because we settled the policy issue.
3: What do you think the change in administration is going to mean uh, for the back end of the fuel cycle and permanent nuclear waste disposal? I imagine it's it's it just happened recently. You've been kind of sorting through all of the results as everyone else has. But what you know, what are you thinking of for twenty twenty one and beyond?
1: Well, I guess I'm hoping that we have something that's consistent, where there's a policy laid out or a, an attempt to to make a policy with. current administration we've had problems because um when president trump was here in nevada he said that he opposed the project and that caught his um secretary of energy and other advisors completely off guard they had no idea and they they were actually in support of the project so it's just been kind of a confusing sort of thing but um we're hoping that they decide that Yucca Mountain or they realize that there is something very wrong about Yucca Mountain, go back to the drawing board, which is Steve's (laughs) expertise. You
0: know, and there, through the years, there have been various attempts to change the Waste Policy Act, and for some people, you know, who adamantly propose that we must continue with licensing Yucca Mountain, it's been the license application procedure has been suspended since 2010. So we're 10 years with nothing going on at all, but there are still people who who say, oh, you have gotta go forward with it. And the reason it doesn't go forward is because every year Congress has been convinced to not appropriate any money to go forward. So we're sitting here in 10 years of suspension. And as long as Yucca Mountain is out there on the table, There are going to be people who don't want to think about anything else. In fact, what we need to do is essentially start over again. We know the basics of the original Nuclear Waste Policy Act that talked about having regulations that were generally applicable to all potential sites, uh, having radiation protection standards, having a uh, site uh, screening process that looks at different types of geology but unfortunately 30 years later we're in a situation where we have to start again if we're ever going to make any progress because as long as yucca mountain is on the table uh, it's a site that nevada is not going to quit opposing and we have mountains of scientific information in the proceeding licensing proceeding before it stopped just the state of Nevada, never mind 18 other interveners, just the state of Nevada has 219 individual objections that are going to have to be litigated. And that's totally unheard of in nuclear facility licensing. So, and we're prepared at, as at the state level, we're prepared to adjudicate every one of those 219. And in fact, in the past 10 years, we've developed about 25 more objections because of new information, new scientific information that's been developed since the license application. So until Yucca Mountain is off the table, I don't think there is a chance that we're going to get any durable policy regarding the ultimate disposal. There are uh, moves right now for centralized interim storage but interim to what if you don't have a repository? And the original when the Waste Policy Act was written to where you don't do interim storage which means consolidate the used fuel from reactors into one place or a couple of places. You don't do that unless you know that you have a repository that is in the process because otherwise it's not interim and this is what's happening right now with a couple sites in the country. You know, there are private sector companies that are trying to become interim storage. And they're just saying, because of the way the law is written, it'll go to Yucca Mountain. Well, it's not going to Yucca Mountain. So it's not interim storage. So what we need to do is face facts, start over again. We've learned an awful lot in the last three years about the technical basis for what we need to know in order to have, as the Nuclear Regulatory Commission says, reasonable assurance of safety over about a million year period. And we know a lot more than we did in 1987. And I think there's a possibility if people are willing to use some intellectual power rather than political power. I think there's a possibility that we can ultimately get to safe isolation of this waste.
3: So you're a geologist, Steve. You mentioned deep geologic disposal. Is that what you view as the most credible solution to the problem?
0: There's no perfect solution. But as I said before, the Waste Policy Act in 1982 established deep geologic disposal as a policy. And that's the policy in every other country in the world that is looking at uh, what to do with the waste from their nuclear power reactors. And I think it is possible. Think we can develop probably sufficient, reasonable assurance if we do the geology properly. And you know, in order to do that, we first have to have a set of technically-based standards that say that there's a whole bunch of geology that we don't want to look at. It's an exclusionary process first. And then, now, what are the characteristics of geology that we do want to look at? And because we're, uh, you know, part of a a large continent, we have a variety of geology and some that uh, is worth looking at, some that we know is not worth looking at. So if we started out with a, first of all, a generally accepted criteria for what could ultimately be a geologic setting that we wanted to use, then Siting comes after that and one of the problems we have with Yucca Mountain is we had generally acceptable standards. Yucca Mountain didn't meet the standards, so they didn't ditch Yucca Mountain, they changed the standards. We probably need about 10 years to just do the scientific work before we ever talk about well this site is better than this site. We need to fully understand the geologic criteria we want and whether they're geologic settings in the country that might fit those criteria before we ever go down to, we're gonna look at this site and this site. And I think, uh, you know, we need to become sort of politically mature enough to be able to uh, spend about, whatever, maybe 10 years doing something that is, first of all, unfixable if you break it. And second, needs to last for about a million years so uh, we're we we can not go for instant gratification and in fact if we'll talk later the system does not require instant gratification.
1: I think it's also important to have um, public consent or have the public on your side before you start anything too. there's um, Once the public like Nevada understands that this is just not in their best interest. And once you've got a lot of public opposition, it's just not going to work. So if they have, as Steve said, if they have standards and they have regulations that have to be met and the public believes that those are trustworthy and safe enough and goes along with that and then is willing to work with the agency or whoever it is that's doing the work, I, th- I think you can get towards success much more than you could ever this way.
3: Are you familiar with any successful examples globally for how to deal with nuclear waste?
0: Nobody's done really well. There are two, at least two examples globally that are coming close, and that's uh, in Finland and in Sweden. And they've gone, both countries have gone through a long, long process, and uh, have developed the technical basis to where their uh, licensing agencies are satisfied that they can go forward. But they're continuing to look at some problems that are still known to exist. But in Sweden, now yeah, they find they they have a site, and through decades of a siting process, that people are pretty well satisfied that they have been sufficiently involved in the whole process over the decades and they're probably going to eventually end up with a repository. In Finland they're a little bit farther ahead and they again have uh, the public support for what they're doing. They also have a relatively small amount of waste and they don't have a big bureaucracy that is pushing and pulling their whole process uh, it, it, the whole thing has been, the technical work has been done by a relatively small group of people over decades, and yeah, they have public support for it. So uh, those two are leading towards what you might say is not success, but at least uh, supportable progress to the isolation, the permanent isolation of waste. And I think we have, it's very likely that they will succeed at least in b- being able to feel satisfied that they've done the very best that they can. And that's about all we can expect from something where we have no control over the next million years.
3: That makes sense. Judy, any thoughts on that topic as well?
1: Well, in both of the the sites that he's talking about in Sweden and Finland, those are both um, either in or near communities where there was a major nuclear power plants that were going, and the people had experience with those. They had not had any bad experiences that I've heard of, and so they kind of were. They began with a trust in the in in nuclear as as it was, and in Nevada the. The huge contrast here is that Nevada's never had a nuclear reactor and we're thousands of miles away from the majority of the reactors. So it just seemed so crazy that the stuff would start out on the East Coast and come all the way across the country to a place that really had no experience with it and, and had no interest in Other it. Other than having been bombed.
3: So, so Nevada's experience with the nuclear weapons development created a very different feeling among the communities there about the waste itself.
1: Well, and it started out with atmospheric testing where you had mushroom clouds coming out of the Nevada test site and mostly heading east and northeast, so you've got downwind victims, that a lot of people died, a lot of people were injured, and there was a lot of damage to ranchers and farmers, and and the, the if there was ever any trust, it was totally gone. When the government refused to acknowledge that they had hurt people, it was insane. People were getting under their desks at school to be um, spared danger, danger from Russian bombs, but we had our own Blasting off, and so it was just an inconceivable um, way to, to move into something like nuclear waste.
0: And the only reason we have Yucca Mountain is because uh, the you know, energy department, its predecessors, had for 20 years been looking around the country uh, quietly for nuclear waste disposal sites, and every time they got caught because they didn't tell the governors of the states what they were doing. Every time they get caught, they essentially got run out of the state. And the only reason we have the Upper Mountain is because in 1977, the General Accounting Office suggested to the department that maybe you want to look at places that already have defense nuclear facilities, because they're they're more accepting of nuclear uh, facilities just because primarily because it's a lot of jobs. So the only reason we have Yucca Mountain at the, what was then the Nevada test site is because the department started looking at places where the government had already done n- nuclear, uh, or already had nuclear facilities. And so they expected that the people in Nevada would be very accepting of this next thing. Well, they kind of missed the point because the people in Nevada didn't like getting bombed. And, and so the, the whole thing backfired
3: on me. But I'm hearing you know, some of the elements of a successful nuclear waste disposal siding process. I mean, I, I hear the importance of trust, being open about you know, the fact that an agency is looking for a location and being transparent. Um, any other elements to mention?
1: Well, I think you hit it right there, because when they tried to go from nuclear weapons to nuclear waste, we either were lied to or we were told it was a matter of national security. And people got real tired of hearing that something that was hurting them or that they needed to know, they just couldn't know because they didn't have security clearances. So you can't have something like that. And I guess another thing that the country needs to look at is whether this should be done privately or through the government because there's problems either way, or there may be advantages either way. And I don't know about that. But that's one of the things that I think should be talked about, too.
3: Do you think in Nevada, the doors closed for Nevada? Do you think if there was a a process that was handled in an open way and there was a safe, deep geological option and Nevada's geology was appropriate. Is is the door closed for Nevada at this point? Nevada's
1: probably out. And you could find um, almost any place in the United States that had less earthquakes than we have. You could cut out California and cut out Alaska and Nevada's third in the number of earthquakes that we have. So, and we've got a few old volcanoes that aren't completely off the scope too when you're looking at a million years. So I think you could probably find somewhere that you didn't have to worry about so many earthquakes and the possibility of volcanoes.
0: Well, before 1987, there was a bumper sticker when we knew uh, that Yucca Mountain was on the table. There's a bumper sticker that still shows up all over the place whenever People start talking about Yucca Mountain, and that's Nevada is not a wasteland. And the rest of the country seems to think we might be. But we've decided that we are not.
3: I have one other question I want to add. How do you get people to realize this is a serious environmental problem that does need a solution? Have you, you know, come up with a way to educate people or any ideas about how do you get people to kind of care really and and realize that this needs to be solved
1: one of the things you have to do is to understand that people have already a sense of what they want and what they don't want and i know that when every whenever the department of energy would hit a wall they'd say well this is insane we've got to get out there and educate these people and it really meant that you had to get out and do some arm twisting (laughs) and that's why you find a lot of the lousy projects in this country going to very poor areas where people need the money or need the jobs or something. But if you're gonna try and sell something, I'm thinking about, there's almost the same situation right now in this country with the virus that we have running wild and the thought that the solution is the vaccine. And you're seeing a whole lot of people in the country who aren't gonna trust a vaccine if something comes down the road next week and they say, okay, we found it. We've got this vaccine, give me your arm. You're gonna find a lot of resistance. And before a vaccine is going to work and going to work by work, I mean a lot of people will accept it. They're gonna have to see evidence that it's there. They're gonna have to see people who they trust saying, I think this is good, here's my arm. And I think the same thing goes along with nuclear waste. There are people who the general public will listen to and maybe are not friends of the government or um, they're not believed to be the experts, but people have to have their own way of seeing something that they can trust. And it all comes down to trust.
0: There's also, The one of the things that would build the element of trust and that's that yeah right now because of the way waste policy act was amended. We only have one solution. And that one solution is unacceptable. And So part of building trust is that those who are decision makers actually have alternatives to look at and can hear the, uh, the, the the real discussion of the, uh, the, the, the pros and cons of alternatives. And this is why I'm very glad right now to know that there are people thinking of you know, alternatives other than just a big underground mine. I think that's beneficial to the whole process of maybe getting us to an acceptable point at some time. And so, uh, we, in our in our lives, we always face problems, but rarely do, are we forced to say there is only one solution. We need to be able to look at alternatives and make informed choices. And part of the reason we're in the condition we're in right now is that Yucca Mountain is not the result of an informed choice. So I think it's good that uh, there are people thinking, well, You know, geology might be the way to go, but a great big underground mine may not be the only way to use geology to solve the problem that we're facing. So I I think it's, again, it always comes back to trust. And in this case, trust involves decision-making that is the way we normally make decisions rather than being pulled, you're the one. So there you have it.
3: Great. Well, thank you, Judy and Steve, so much for joining us today. I really learned a lot, and I appreciate you taking the time to speak with us.
1: Okay, thank you. All right, thank you.